0: Are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafe Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.
1: All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to the to the Culture Insanity Podcast. Uh, yeah, this is episode number seven. seven. Um, so welcome back. Got a few things on the, on the agenda today. Some more interesting than others in my opinion, but news is news. So we cover it or we try. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, maybe some Game of Thrones stuff in as least spoilery fashion as possible. I have no intention of revealing specifics i know josh isn't caught up so um we're trying to be super mindful of him not you guys but him um but so talking about um game of Thrones as it relates to millennials uh Alyssa milano is in the news again good for her <laughs> good for her uh so there's something to just break down there and talk about that unpack that a little bit there's a there's a couple different articles relating to just um Identity and the notion of uh, a masculinity crisis. So, just uh, the the K-pop movement uh, li- t- lends to it, and then um, Cobra Kai, uh, the YouTube show, YouTube TV or YouTube YouTube Red.
0: Uh, what is it like on premium? YouTube Premium. YouTube Premium, which by the way is going to be free now. What's the difference between YouTube TV and YouTube Premium mm-hmm. and YouTube Red? So, YouTube Premium and Red are the same thing. Okay. There's no longer YouTube Red. So they just rebranded it. Right. And then YouTube TV is uh, getting like local channels from your cable providers. Okay. Without cable, and it's awesome. So premium is like original content and stuff, and TV is just not necessarily.
1: Uh, Although, can you watch Cobra Kai on YouTube TV?
0: You can. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, So anyways, um, talking about that, um, Selena Gomez has some thoughts on social media. So we're going to try and unpack that. So yeah, a few different things on the docket today. Um, so, yeah, thanks for, thanks for being here and listening, and, um, here we go. We're gonna start off with, excuse me, Alyssa Milano, just cause I wanna get her out of the way, and not end on her note, um, so, Alyssa Milano is in the news again, um, for the same reasons, essentially, she's, in case you haven't been paying attention, she's, um, sort of on this, on this, um, read, I don't know what do you call it. On just, she has this agenda about trying to um, fight the the anti-abortion movement. Right. Um, so she's been in like um, Georgia, for example, like petitioning to um, against the um, heartbeat bill. That's what it started. The heartbeat bill in Georgia, you know, after two weeks, you know, you can hear a heartbeat, so no abortions after two weeks, et cetera, et cetera. She, you know, got a following for that. Um, she got some backlash for that. She solicited some some responses in regards to that on her podcast, which I can't recall what the name of it is. Um, and she was surprised to... Um, uh,
0: sorry, no, sorry,
1: sorry, sorry, not to, sorry, sorry, to, sorry, not sorry, sorry to bother you, sorry, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was surprised at some sort of some of the um, responses she had gotten in in regards to that that were sort of on the opposite um, spectrum of what her views are. Um, so recently. Um, she's on a new kick here about, uh, in regards to the same thing, you know, if, if, if we can't get this, if we can't get the, the state and the whatever to pass these bills or to, you know, fight against these things, then we're going to take it upon ourselves. And so she's started this hashtag sex strike. Um, she tweeted and she's got a whole like symbol, you know, big pink X, um, She tweeted, our reproductive rights are being erased. Until women have legal control over our own bodies, we just cannot risk pregnancy. Join me by not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. I'm calling for a sex strike. Pass it on. So, without um, your immediate response of wanting to chuckle, because that's what mine is, um... (laughs) What are we to make of this woman at this point? She's seemingly
0: going in circles. <laughs> and like I, mean, I would I would go one step further and call for a sex strike outside of marriage too. Oh. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. Why not? Uh but yeah, what, what just what are
1: we what are we supposed to make of Alyssa Milano because I don't know. She doesn't appear to be um effective and she's 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 becoming like a a caricature of herself. Yeah, she's a meme. Yeah, she's becoming a meme, and she—I don't know if she realizes that—but it's getting to the point where it's—it's it's hard to take her seriously. And she, again, with this whole sex strike thing, she's getting a lot of, she's getting a lot of feedback on both sides. She has, to her credit, she has her followers. You know that you know agree with her, but she also has people that are in line with her social views, but also don't see how she's being productive in the slightest she had some some uh, like some tweets back to her um, saying saying this I'll read I read a couple of them so these are these are the ones that are against her It says please stop feeding the narrative that women are providers and men are consumers of sex bribing men for equal rights with access to our bodies is not how feminism works so this is a person. You know who's right. a feminist, right. um, but it's like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, another tweet says this makes it seem like sex is something women do as a favor to men. It also furthers the misogynist theory that women should be shamed for liking sex at all. And then my favorite is, isn't this just called abstinence? And isn't this
0: exactly what the conservative right. party wants? Right. <laughs> so. Like I said, let's keep it off till marriage. I'm okay with. I'm okay <laughs> with that.
1: Yeah. So. And then, you know, like I said, to her credit, she has her own supporters. Uh, if they want to control our body's reproductive organs, then we should deny sex to cis men. Join us in helping cis men feel the physical consequences of our reproductive rights being systematically erased. Where
0: does cisgendered men come into it? I
1: don't know. I was confused by the tweet myself. Um, yeah. I don't know what that has to do with it, but I mean, what are your thoughts? What do you? What, what's your take on this? Like, is Alyssa
0: Milano spinning her wheels here? Yeah, I... Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, she's, you know, I feel for her because she feels so passionately about the subject, but she's passionately delusional. <laughs> and I mean, I guess all people who are delusional are passionate. Sure. I, I would say, <laughs> but um, she's passionately delusional, you know, and, and that that's sad to me. Like, you want to, you want to pay attention to, you want to, like, make sure that people have their rights, but then you are also taking away the rights of the kids, you know? Like, that to me is just really, it's really messed up. And so, you know, I think that, I think that two things, and I think we've kind of covered this before, but two things, the nation isn't as monolithic as as she thinks they are. Mm. So that's the thing. She's got less people who follow her that are pushing back on her because what she's saying, not everybody agrees with, even it's though they want us to believe that everyone agrees with the it. The vocal majority has it; They think that they are the majority. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. There's That's your first delusion. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, secondly, the... Secondly, her thought process is just, it's not really well formed. There's a bunch of holes in it. Like, I was reading the other day some comments, not on this particular subject, but some comments on abortion and somebody, um, or I heard about, I don't know. Anyway, I was, uh, there's some comments on abortion that went something to the effect of, if we don't know what is being, if we don't know like when life begins, which by the way that's completely wrong, we absolutely scientifically know when life begins mm-hmm. so um, but if we don't want to call it personhood, we don't want to call it personhood till later um, if we don't know that, then we should err on the side of life and and save <laughs> the mother if something save the mother, you know, like if there's some sort of danger, and that's what's being said but how does that make sense? If you don't know that if you come across a, a person who's on the, lying on the side of the road, you don't know whether they're alive, do you then take a garbage truck and put them in the garbage <laughs> because, you know, you don't know whether they're alive? Yeah, where does Yeah, where does the where does like the buck stop with that? Yeah, sort where are of you drawing that line? Same thing like,
1: you know, the whole the topic of this or the, the, it always goes back to like viable, viable. You always hear this word viable being thrown around. What's right. viable? Right. When is a person viable? Um, like, and the, I like the argument that, <clears throat> you know, a person lives a, a nice, full life, a, a good life, and then all of a sudden they are in a horrific car crash and now they're dependent on right. machines right. To, to survive. <clears throat> Should we now go into those hospital rooms with an axe and, kill them because they're no longer viable they can't live on their own right yeah i was like it's a a flawed arg it's a flawed argument and by that standard yeah no one is safe i was listening
0: to to, uh, somebody talk about how how fetuses are parasites which is just really crass in my opinion but um but they were talking about how fetuses are parasites but then they, so then when the question was asked of them, so then does a mother have 10 finger, or does a mother have 20 fingers? Does a mother have, um, so, so they're saying that they're parasites on one hand that are sapping the life, sorry I'm not setting this up well, but they're not, they're sapping the life from the mother, but then on the other hand they're saying a mother has a right to do what she wants with the fetus, because the fetus is just a part of the mother. So then when asked, it, so that doesn't make sense for the record. But then when asked if the mother has 20 fingers and 20 toes because this part of the mother has those toes and those fingers, then it said, no, wait, that's what the parasite has. And it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, pick a side. Mm-hmm. Like, pi- like, be cohesive in your thought process. But, you know, got to protect those rights. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, which, by the way, I, I want to point out, I was reading an article about the movie Unplanned. Um, is this a new movie coming out? Or no, one? no, it's an, is it, it's an abortion movie. Uh, like a documentary? No, it's about... It's a bio- biopic about Abby Johnson, who was like a manager for Planned Parenthood. Hm. I Oh, it it's, should be out on DVD, Blu-ray, all that sort of stuff. Um, streaming, I guess, fairly soon. But in any case... Um, I was reading an article about on Plan and they were talking about how, like, they were saying that it was, like, really crass in terms of, of, um, like just being, like, against the vocal left. And, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't heard of this movie.
1: I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's
0: like gaining, it's gaining it has lots of media support like awards status i don't know if it has any awards but it's got it like it Did was it, like it was have like a run in theaters I yeah yeah uh-huh it. it was a surprise hit um gosh what was the point it. i don't remember what the point was that i was trying to make about unplanned um i don't know we'll have to come back to it i'm sure i'll remember later okay uh, so I'm tired of Alyssa Milano, which it, makes me sad because when I was a kid, I had a mad crush on her. Yeah, he, <laughs> Josh posted a like a a gif on our little you
1: know Facebook thread earlier that he just said this girl and I miss and he said I miss this girl and it was a picture of her from.
0: I'll find a picture, guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's this young, young up and coming actress and just innocent, innocent <laughs> beyond belief. But, anyways, um, so yeah kind of tired of hearing about Melissa Milano and her, um, kicking mud up and spinning wheels and not really, yeah, just sort of it, it coming around on her, you know, like and her own people are like, dude, what are you doing? Like anyways, um, there's a disgruntled, oh, I didn't mention this in the intro, but so gay superheroes read an article. Um, we have an article that we will share. It's probably, it'll be on the Facebook thing. It's about, um, the, the need for gay superheroes or not. Uh, so Marvel has been, you know, um, talking about, you know, soon, soon we'll we'll reveal, right. you know, this character, an is, openly gay, gay character, and, an openly yeah. gay character. They're doing it with Batwoman right now. I don't know if you saw yeah, the trailer. Of course, it's just like wow, it's really in your face. Yeah. Um, uh, so Marvel, you know, is on that train as well, talking about uh, we're finally going to get on board with that. They they alluded to it, or they they gave. Uh, the gay community, the scene in Avengers, uh, yeah, five, in, in, in game. You've seen in game by now, right? Yeah, okay. of course. Uh, this is a very small spoiler. <laughs> it has nothing really to do with main characters or story, but it's like five years later, post Thanos snapping his fingers. And, you know, cap is cap is, you know, in a support group. And this, this guy's talking about what life has been like since the snap. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's he's a gay character, and he's talking about, you know, trying to reconnect with this man on a date and blah, blah, blah. And that was the supposed big big reveal of Endgame for the gay community, and a lot of the people were bothered by it because it was so weak. Yeah, a lot of the gay community was really bothered by it. Yeah, and so, especially because they, they kind of were, the Russo brothers were kind of like, you know, excited to to show this, to give this to people and, you know, be the the, the, the forerunners of that for comic books, movies hmm Um so along the same lines there's this an article about this and this writer's writing about um the fact that we don't need a gay superhero, especially if it's gonna be in in the vein of that in endgame. game. You know, if it's if it's gonna be really weak and whatnot. Uh there's a snippet there's a snippet in the article that says now the world will learn that a gay hero can lift a car, make a quip, and be as emotionally vague as any straight superhero can. That's real progress, isn't it? Uh, so the writer is obviously sarcastic and disgruntled the whole time she, he or she's writing. Seems to me like more empty pandering for my money. Um, it would be a targeted social media appeasing ploy, the kind of shallow gimmickry we see over and over again. So, yeah, this writer is... Bothered by the idea that if if this is the the level of character we're gonna get, then we're just as much not interested as we are interested. Um, right. So that that's basically the long and short of what the article is talking about. Um, and so, just a few questions: Like, do you think do you think society shares the same perspective as this writer? Like, the the gay community. Like, do you? Yeah. Think well, that, the writer's gay. Right. But like, they're obviously. They're a writer, so the thought is they're more articulated in their thoughts and ideas. But do you think like the the consensus in the gay community um, is that like that like are they are they just happy to have some representation? Is any representation good representation? No, no,
0: no. So yes, I do think that the writer shares this art. Sorry, Sorry. I do think that the writer who happens to be homosexual is writing from the position of the larger majority of homosexuality mm. i do think so of the homosexual community um no and i think history points to that they don't want to be pandered to they want to be they want to be either overrepresented or accurately represented but they don't want to be underrepresented um well there's a there's a weird
1: acknowledgement in the article though too like acknowledging that um the homosexual community makes up just 4.5 percent of America's
0: America. population. Yeah.
1: So do they? Do they think? Do you? Would you? This is all. You know, we're speculating here. Like. Yeah. But would you think that <laughs> they would take that and to the to their? representation movies should only 4.5% of movies have these characters in them that's why these i people? say
0: that's why i say overrepresented yeah
1: so like which one is and <laughs> which one is it like if they're yeah. being honest
0: that's why i say overrepresented um although they're right that 0% of the marvel i'm thinking now let me think well of the marvel cinematic universe anyway 0% of it is homosexual in terms of its superheroes
1: right yeah i don't, I don't know at, at this point at this point in the comics, because I haven't been tracking, like, who is or who isn't and stuff. But, yeah, it hasn't transcended to the movie side yet. Right. It seems like DC will be the first with major character, right? With, like, Batwoman and stuff. Yeah. Who's not, for the record, right? Like, she no. doesn't have that history behind her. This no, is she's
0: got... She, original to the show. Oh, no, 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 she does. Oh, she, Batwoman does?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, know. yeah.
0: Yeah, she uh, has at least since the new 52. Oh. So that's 10 years ago or something crazy yeah so no she she has been a homosexual and is a huge icon in in the gay community for comic books um but it has other characters that have been homosexual for a long time mm. dc um and have been on the like for instance white canary on the um legends of tomorrow i mean that's been out forever that's been oh, out for like five she, years. She is, yeah. White Canary oh. is yeah, is a homosexual and she's the leader of the legends. So yeah, yeah. they've been kind of leading the way in in terms of that.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um
1: it's interesting how it's a like, it's to it seems to me another example of, you know, that side. Um just sort of Turning against each other because here you have these huge filmmakers trying to, like, trying, you know, but they're like being turned on. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: I mean, I you're kind doing of. A, you're doing us a disservice. I like, kind of agree with the article, honestly. Like,. If that's what you're, if that is the way in which you're pandering, then, if that's the way in which you think that you're giving representation, then it's not really a good representation. Well, it reminded me of the same, it reminded me of the Captain Marvel ar- article, too,
1: um, the sa- and along the same lines. Yeah, like, totally. Her character is supposed to be this, like, strong female character. Yeah. But at, but in the end, what they gave us was this just super uncompelling, yep. stoic, nothing behind the eyes. Mary Sue. Mary Sue. Yeah, and so yeah, that article that I think we talked about a little bit. Um, yeah, we did. Sort of, sort of the same thing. Like if that's what you're gonna give us, it's that's not,
0: that's not like reflective of a person like that. You know. I think that that's that's the danger of running such a big machine. Um, I mean, obviously, I want to make it clear. I agree with what the article is saying, especially from the perspective that it's taking from the homosexual community. I don't agree with homosexuality. No. I take the biblical stance. But I agree with what the article is saying. I would under- I understand why the homosexual community would be up in arms yeah. about that in that movie. Um yeah, and I don't like it because just like what that other article that Adam's referencing about Captain Marvel and extreme feminism and all this sort of stuff, um, it feels like Marvel as a company, well, Disney really overall, is just kind of like pandering to people in general, so it seems, it's trying to stay culturally as, relevant. It's coming off as
1: super insincere and, yeah, like it's it's almost ins- it's almost insulting to the, yeah, to the that's, people. Yeah, and
0: that's the danger of running a big machine. You're that, trying to... The whole yeah it's it's instagram yeah. you know it's like you're you're constantly trying to put yourself you're trying to make yourself you're trying to get likes mm-hmm. and that's so eventually you start selling yourself out and it's it's toxic and it's toxic for the for what you're putting out there for the product and i think that that's what you're going to see is you're going to see movies like captain marvel which was for the record eh, it was yeah. okay and let me i know this is going to be really controversial maybe for you marvel people out there but i thought black panther was eh too yeah so but it's the same thing we're pandering to a specific subsect of culture in order to bring those people in yeah i think the writer even
1: specifically cited black definitely black panther maybe captain marvel like uh, the culture took that as like these big big wins but really they were like we're kind of weak man like just because these characters are represented doesn't mean they were
0: represented well yeah (laughs) like just because you had a black centric cast or that or that their representation was anything novel yeah that's that's the thing although what i will say is just on the hype alone it's really funny how much um black panther has entered into culture gosh what was i watching did you watch the charlie Theron movie Yes, it was that. What yes. forever?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's a in that Charlie Stiren movie, uh, Long Shot with Seth Rogen. Yeah, the Long Shot. Great movie. It's it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I have issues with that movie too, but uh, the in the Long Shot there's a there's a is it a black character? Yeah, it's yeah a Ice black Cube character. Son. Yeah, Ice O'Shea, Cube's O'Shea, yeah O'Shea Jackson. O'Shea Jackson. Yeah, right. and like at some weird moment he. I I don't. I don't remember. It's like the. It's
1: like the peak of the movie where the two finally get to be together. He's excited. And he's like. He's like kind of in a weird way responsible
0: for helping he's usher got, that he's in. he has got like a chant going, yeah. you know, in the crowd. <laughs> and then that's what he says out of out of his sure <laughs> elatement, he says, "Wakanda forever!" It's and, a really funny part of the movie. And you're just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. So now Black Panther's Wakanda forever chant is synonymous with black people being yep. excited about something? Okay.
1: If that's what it if that's what it gives then
0: Yeah. That's sad. But what happens when a white person in a movie says Wakanda forever? Ooh. oh, that's appropriation. Ooh, or
1: anything. Yeah, it it's uh, it's uh, racist and KKK, red flaggy. Yeah. You know,
0: there's it's just like it's, if a white person. Yeah. Culture is insane.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Joseph Anyways. Jesse. Okay, so Jennifer Richards Anthorn says what? Black Panther. Yeah, it was kind of a string to get there. Um, <laughs> Forgive us. Yeah, Joseph Jesse says exactly. Adam, I felt the same way with Captain Marvel when I heard a friend's girlfriend say that she loved it. I thought, well, now women get to deal with pandering mediocrity. Yeah, it's it, really sad. People yeah. deserve better, even if we, we even if we disagree with the, the themes. I don't have a problem with you making a Captain Marvel movie. I have a problem with you making a mediocre Captain No, I don't even have a problem with you making a mediocre Captain Marvel movie per se. I have a problem with you making a mediocre Captain Marvel movie and then painting it out like this it's the greatest great, thing ever. Yeah,
1: this great piece of art that will tra- change change the world forever. <laughs> yeah. Didn't like I didn't like Captain Marvel. You said it was okay. I just didn't like it. Um, I was shocking I was shocked at how little they used her in Endgame, but shocked in a good way um anyway so some somewhere in there it was a good segue to um oh yeah it was a good segue to our next topic talking about uh we're gonna talk about Cobra Kai for a second but you were saying uh, <clears throat> you were saying pick one or the other like stop stop trying to pander stop trying to dabble and 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 appease, appease all parties you know and that's the trouble with running such a big um machine such as like Disney's doing with the Marvel brands and stuff like that so uh, I thought that was a good segue into the Cobra Kai thing we're gonna talk about. So, Cobra Kai on YouTube Premium has been uh, like a, a great success, right? It's just finished its second season. It's been yeah. picked up for a third season yeah, now. Yeah, it's great. Um, and there's all sorts of all sorts of um, good good following there. Um, I haven't actually watched any of the second season, but yeah, you said you like it. Um, so, Cobra Kai has within it um, all these. Great themes within it, you know, like great, um, resonating points that the show offers. And, um, for example, like there's a, there's a, there's a huge deal about, um, like the relationship, the father relationship, right there. That's a whole big part of the show is the father relationship between Johnny and Danny and their sons, um, respective sons, um,
0: surrogate or otherwise,
1: surrogate or otherwise. Yeah. Um, Miguel. And then, um, themes like uh, the fact that like gender identity matters and is good and it's good for a, a man to be masculine in certain ways. Right. Tampered with these other um, character traits as well, like humility and all these things, right? It's not just like aggressive masculinity like right. oppression
0: or something. Well, but. for Johnny, it... it Yeah. John. I mean, you got to remember the Johnny Lawrence character... He was trained by Crease in the original 1983, you know, masterpiece.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I bet you guys don't realize this, but Karate Kid is, like, Oscar-worthy. Anybody doesn't know. Um, anyway, but, uh, and, you know, that was the aggressive toxic masculinity for sure. And so he was trained by that, and now 30-some years later, his character is dealing with the effects FX, of yep. understanding... The benefits of hyper-masculinity, but understanding that there's a toxic element that's been bad for his life. So he yeah, wrestles with that. So I want to read a, a, just a few snippets from the article, <clears throat> and then we'll ask the question.
1: Um, so bear with me, listener, um, Joe and Jenny. Um, Says although in some respects a continuation of the corny 1980s nostalgia of the original The Karate Kid, Cobra Kai reminds Americans of certain cardinal truths about children that we all know deep down. This increasingly Gordian knot of the role of patr pater- familias. I don't know how to pronounce that. Pater. Pater familias. Is a clear message to our culture. Children need their fathers. Without fathers, the likelihood children will suffer all manner of personal and socioeconomic problems, mental health conditions, poverty, drug addiction greatly increases. A large battery of contemporary research supports this. And you can look it up for yourself. This leads to a second lesson. Boys and girls are different Although boy, although both Cobra Kai And Danny's dojo Miyagi-Do Teach both male and female students It seems the boys more than girls need what karate offers them This is an activity that emboldens them Properly directs their testosterone And makes them strong enough to defend themselves There are many other profitable reminders in Cobra Kai That coddling children only hurts them That strong masculinity must be tampered By humility, charity, and service That people, even ones who have made Egregious life errors, deserve a second chance These are truths most Americans and most parents knew only one or two generations ago. This is a lesson our future-is-female world of safe spaces, alternative lifestyles, and public shaming campaigns has largely forgotten. Cobra Kai succeeds precisely because it urges us to return to these basic truths about the human person and society. One only hopes that creators will um, uh, use a common phrase of Johnny's, have the balls to stick to the script. So again, Picking which side of this thing that they're going to land on rather right. than trying to pander to all parties. So um, just a f- couple questions. Do you like, do you agree that Cobra Kai on some level is doing so well because it's return to these like fundamental truths and people, like it's a refreshing um, message to be receiving for people. Like, I guess I want to start with, I'm, I'm curious and I haven't looked it up. Like I wonder what the demographics of people that watch Cobra Kai are. Um, like, is it an older generation that, like, grew up with Karate Kid? Like, how many young people, I wonder, are watching Cobra Kai that... Or is it, like... an I don't older? know.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I can tell you that this season, the season two, was like, really focused on the kids. Really? Super focused on the kids. Yeah. Yeah, so the question of, like... It's, like, almost watching, like, a CW show.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Which, for the record, that's Seven, not eight. a slam for me. Because I love CW shows. <laughs> Yeah, it's you do, definitely you watch, a, you watch a lot. It's a specific demographic, uh-huh. to be sure.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, are we at a point in our culture where like we've been so lost for so long that even like these most basic of truths resonates on maybe maybe more of a profound level than they should, but just because people are just desperate For truth rather than interpretation?
0: So I think that, yes, people are desperate for truth rather than interpretation. And I think that Cobra Kai gets a pass because of its source material. Mm. It's a little bit like watching... So people are willing to look past it? Yeah. It's a little bit like watching a... It's it's it has the Captain America syndrome, hmm. right? So you've got this like dinosaur that's been frozen in time and now is coming out to play, and so you just mm. expect it. Interesting. Like you expect that from Johnny. That that's a have, weird like compartmentalization that like yeah. culture is like willing to do. Well, so this is the way we put up with old people, quote unquote. You know, it's like that old person gets to I don't know use his cane to look at a lady's skirt. And you're, but you're do you think like, like oh, the, they're old? Do whatever. you think like
1: millennials, for example? Do you think that they will like view the show as like kind of crazy, just kind of crazy and outdated or like, no, you think
0: that it will resonate with millennials too? Yeah. I think that it does resonate with millennials. I think the stats show that, I mean, we don't have the internal stats, but we, but we know that it was picked up for both season two and season three before it even aired. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that it, I think that basically because it's an old story it, it's an old story that's come out to play. It's been defrosted. That's why I'm using the Captain America analogy. Um, we'll put up with its like old standards. And that, you know, generation, this generation in particular is syncretic in nature. So it's like we take what we want from it. Mm-hmm. And the things we don't want, we just reject <laughs> summarily and say, oh, well, that doesn't work for me, but it works for you. So whatever, hmm. you know, the other thing is the vehicle by which it teaches its morals is a by nature disciplined vehicle Mm. so we're looking at karate and we're getting to see what karate looks like on one side the no mercy side and then what it looks like on the other side and so you know you so in other disciplines well really in other fields like romance there's not really like a strong discipline to it that is in the pop culture but in a pop culture understanding of martial arts it's like that's exactly what it is it's discipline the whole time so this idea that these people are peddling discipline based on on a certain set of values and then getting to watch those values play out that makes total sense mm. but if you were to be like here are the rules of dating mm-hmm. you know then people would be like that's antiquated that doesn't make sense but yeah. there are parishioners of martial arts all over the world who mm-hmm. still follow that and they're willing to compartmentalize putting discipline into that particular Uh, into that particular part of their life even if in everywhere else in their life they're not disciplined it's really interesting yeah and it kind of it's just a perfect storm of allowing things in
1: well and it does a good job of like you were saying in the beginning like it doesn't it doesn't you know we have a tendency to either on this side or on this side you know like extreme or extreme which extreme you know like are you a part of but it does a good job of showing the faults in both extremes and trying to like you know, find the healthy space in between. Um, so I think. Well, and one thing that and genera- then, like it, it start the the first season of the show starts with like this guy's a deadbeat, you know, like yeah. his former way of doing things. Look where it got him, type thing. Right. But, but then season two, so yeah, and then
0: yeah, anyways. And Generation Y and Generation Z, the post millennial generations. I mean, they're really, really good at taking what works and rejecting what doesn't work what is inauthentic and i think that's the thing about karate kid is that you know it's corny but there is a level of authenticity to what works and what doesn't work and you get to see that play out and there's a moment in season two not to spoil (laughs) but there's a moment in season two where johnny has to deal with the ramifications of crease's mentality that it's strike fast strike hard no mercy mm. right and so what does that look like what are the ramifications of no mercy and so the creases his old crease master or yeah whatever. creases the sensei, sensei. From, from the first yeah, yeah. karate kid gotcha. um and the, ram- the ramifications of yeah he, they, he has to deal with the ramifications of that idea strike first strike hard no mercy and what does it look like when you're not when you're, when no mercy crosses the line of no honor. Mm. And so there's, there's, I mean, there's things that, you know, can be taken away. And then watching that interplay, I think that's the most interesting thing about Karate Kid, about Cobra Kai, is you get to see the outworking of the result of these two types of training from Kreese for, through Cobra Kai, or from Miyagi, um, you know, to, to Daniel. And Daniel, now he's man. passing it on, and you get to see what this looks like when these things are taken to to such a far extreme and given to another generation Mm. and that's what the climax of of season season two two, is is watching the two the tension between right danny yeah training what's the what's the what's the what's johnny's son's name robbie 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 and 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 specifically like um those two johnny and danny like not resolving not finding resolution to to their mentalities so yeah it's a unique show you know and the great thing about it is it's 30 minutes which is really strange it's not like a 45 minute show so it's like it's kind of like watching a sitcom in terms of length yeah it's pretty pretty um accessible craving a karate kid soundbite right now yeah (laughs) totally
1: um all right, so it's all speaking of toxic masculinity, there's an interesting article talking about K-pop. So if you don't know about K-pop, you're one of the few in the world that apparently doesn't because it's it's a tidal wave. <laughs> um, K-pop is this huge movement, like millions and millions and millions of people like um, on this, this K-pop train. So K-pop, for those that you don't know, Korean pop, Music, um, like it's just this huge business, and it's really crazy. Like, um, and I don't want to pretend to describe the music because um, I can't. How would you describe K-pop? Terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, I'm down. So K-pop is terrible music. <laughs> just uh, picture. It's like gonggam style yeah. mixed with in sync. Yeah, because it's
1: super choreographed, like super done up. Yeah, it's yeah. It's the present. This huge presentation.
0: I mean, K-pop stands for Korean pop. Yeah, it's like literally what it is.
1: Um. Anyway, so there's this there's this there's this um debate or um there's this cultural divide within um s- within countries like China and Korea um on the the like the toxic masculinity of. Um, or the masculinity crisis regarding K-pop. So K-pop, they're taking these, really, I don't know if you've done much research, Josh, but like, they take these kids and groom them from a very young age and like it's like military style. They'll like raise them up and take them through like intense like training physical and vocal and like all these different things. And if they don't make like the cut, they're like thrown away, like whatever. Like it's really crazy. Like So is,
0: um, is K pop have a revolving door of yeah. artists? I didn't
1: know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's they're being treated like soldiers, like boom up next is this, you know, like from a young age being like disciplined and trained like hardcore, vigorous training it's to like be the next K-pop factor. star, it's like Yeah, it's really kind of crazy. But anyway, so they're 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 pumping out like a factory these these people to be the next big K-pop star because of how big of a an industry it is, mm. um, and. Uh, With that, there's all these things, like they're taking these men and they're making them more effeminate with all these different done-ups, the way they're done up or whatever. Um, And then to combat that, they have these schools and disciplines in places like China, um, where it's like schools for teaching like... Alpha male. Alpha male, yeah, Yeah. like masculine, whatever's, Um, so... It's this really interesting sort of divide going on in this, this masculinity crisis. Um, and, um, where am I going with this? My question is, where are you? Where does, where does, what will that divide lead to? I have a, I have a couple snippets from an article. Oh, to counter the effect, um, there's, it's talking about this one woman in specific. She helps lead, um, this school, I think, um, to counter the effect of K-pop, um, Tang is the name of the woman. Tang's trainees exercise outdoors early in the morning. They wear headbands with the words real man and t-shirts with slogans in English like power leader. One mother told... Hey, it worked for the Pharisees. (laughs) SCMP, I think that's the acronym for the school, that she signed her son up for the boot camp because I think it's a good opportunity for him to gradually cultivate a macho character. If you are a male, you are supposed to have those male traits. Like Tang, she too is concerned about the state of Chinese culture, saying, I don't think the entertainment industry has shown good role models for society because the celebrities exhibit a more feminine side of men, and that's the problem. And then it cited um, uh, the last time we really saw this masculinity sort of um, redirect in culture. It was talking about... Elvis and like when Elvis came onto the scene here, you had this guy like pelvic thrusting on live television and all these different things and how it like took the world, uh, by storm, uh, critics of Elvis called his performances, vulgar and animalistic. And like the Catholic church, for example, wrote articles like saying, beware of Elvis Presley. Um, Warning that, like, following him or, you know, looking to him as a role model will lead to delinquency, delinquency and a shifting morality. Um, so, with all that said, um, do you think that the response to this is morally right? Obviously, like these camps and stuff. Um, do you think that K-pop, as, as you understand it and interpret it, um, do you think that K-pop runs a risk in, like, um, identity for men? Like, the these men that are
0: involved in it? I, I don't... Um, hmm. Yes, but maybe not for the same reasons. I, I, I think that these people are shooting in the dark because they don't come from a place of morality. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that there's anything inherently immoral about... Well, how about this? I don't think that there's anything inherently <coughs> gender... Specific
1: about
0: K-pop? Specific about wearing makeup, for instance. Um, There's definitely societal specific gender norms. Um, So, I I think that their problem is going to be in their definition of masculinity. Mm -hmm. And so, they're choosing to define masculinity as essentially an opposite to womanhood but really masculinity and womanhood they are their own thing and there are areas in which there there's cross play between them just like i don't think that a little boy can i don't think that a little boy is effeminate because he plays with dolls versus action figures which by the way is how action figures were made Mm -hmm. dolls came first boys wanted to play with them uh i think it was i don't know whoever made gi joe Uh, I think it's Kenner. They, whoever it was, they decided that there was a huge hole in the market for with Barbies, and then decided that they wanted to, you know, make money on selling boys Barbies. Hasbro. My, well, it is now. I don't know. It was know. Kenner
1: before Hasbro. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Whoever it was, that's that's Sorry. how they came to be. So GI Joes were really dolls, and then slowly but surely they needed to make those dolls more durable, so they became plastic, smaller because it costs less to make smaller things. That's how you get action figures, guys. God bless America. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you can. Adam's pointing to my action figure wall. Um, Crossover, s- yes so i don't think that there's anything inherently moral about those certain things i don't think there's anything wrong with that the idea that the culture is, um that those things are related to effeminateness in the culture that is something that um i i do have a problem with i think either the culture needs to take it back as being gender neutral hmm. so men can wear makeup and it doesn't mean anything bad um or it needs to stay on the one side, uh, like just as feminine goes. I lean more toward the side of saying that's a really a gender-neutral thing. It doesn't make you a man or a woman. Hmm. But then on the other side of it, the the thing that, that really needs to be said is this is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to be a woman. And those aspects of manhood and, and womanhood are where True morality should lie. So if a man wants to wear makeup, that's fine. But he needs to be providing for his family. He needs to be loving his wife. He needs to be a good father to his children. So on and so forth. Who cares if he wears wears makeup. If he, um, to completely be crass and (laughs) low grade in in my analogy, brings home the bacon. Uh, You know, I don't care if he does that as long as he does what he needs to for his family. That that's where that's where it comes down to for me. So they are running basically. They've created a straw man, if you will, mm. for what masculinity or for yeah for what the standard of masculinity is, and they are then allowing that straw man to be um, to be defeated when that straw man gets taken down.
1: Mm.
0: So. I don't think that masculinity, if, so yes, I do think masculinity is losing in this, but not because the men wear makeup or things like that, but really because they are defining their manhood based on other qualities that aren't moral at all. Yeah. So, like, for instance, greed, right? That's the money-making machine of K-pop is it's, it's based on greed. You want to be famous. You want to be, you know, you, mm-hmm. you want to have thrall, thralls of people who are watching you and adoring you. And so you're selling yourself out. That's not a male or female quality. That is a bad human quality. <laughs> yeah. And, but that's what a real man is. A, a man is able to provide for himself through these skills. Um, no. Hmm. So that's, that's what I have a real problem with. Yeah. There's a lot of,
1: there's a lot of interesting articles and controversy behind the K-pop movement and like the morality of how they're doing this, like how they're bringing these kids up and stuff, like what they're subjecting them to and these different things.
0: It's, it's worth looking into. So Johnny Yorga asks, is it solely masculine trait? Is it a solely masculine trait to provide for your family? Is it biblical?
1: Is it a solely masculine trait to provide for your family? No,
0: of course not. However, it is a specific responsibility for men to provide for their family in a specific way. And that's what we're talking about. Hmm. So a woman, of course, is providing for her family when she's being the homemaker, Mm -hmm. which is the biblical position for women. I know you guys may not like that, but it is what it is. (laughs) Um, The man is providing security for his family. The man is providing... uh, economic benefit for his family, so on and so forth. Is that to say that women can't do those things? No. Um, Is that to say that a man can't sit on the sidelines as long as... um, And, sorry, is that to say that a man can't allow a woman to do those things um, and they have come to that agreement Mm -hmm. and so he, you know, takes care of the kids or whatever while she works because for whatever reason, it works better that way. Sure, that can happen. but But if... that security, that providence, the God the Father role is not being. Yeah, it's neglected. Is, is, is neglected in the family. The correction, the discipline, all of those things. If the man is not taking the um, headship of that responsibility, that's not biblical. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. That's just what it is. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Oh, what else we got on the docket? <clears throat>
0: Ooh. We playing a game
1: today. Um, no one's no one called in. No one no one reached out. I can right. I can give you some stuff. Uh, we'll do it at the end if we have some time. All right. Uh, let, let's cover this last one. So Selena Gomez is doing some sort of press tour for. Oh, it's for that zombie movie that she's in. Uh, yeah, Bill Murray. With Bill remember.
0: Murray again? Yeah, <laughs> Bill Murray and zombie movies. But it's not zombie. It's not a Zombie Land movie. It's no, it's not, and it's got Kylo Ren in it. Oh, actor, Adam Driver. Adam
1: Driver. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of the movie. Anyways, so shes I think she's doing some sort of press tour for that. And um, with that, uh, FYI, Selena Gomez is apparently, like, the third most followed person on Instagram. Yeah. Allegedly. I didn't know that.
0: Behind Ariana Grande and I I heard that somebody
1: and else. Soccer player, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's right. in the first. yeah <laughs> um, but she, she was being asked about it. She like what what that's about, what that's like. You know, you're you have such a huge following, and she was expressing her thoughts on um, social media. And she said uh, these are some of the things she said. She said um, Instagram makes her kind of depressed looking at people who look beautiful and amazing, uh, and it gets her down a lot. And um, so she thinks taking breaks is really important. Uh, she think I think our world is going through a lot, obviously, but for my generation specifically, social media has been terrible. Um, they are, people aren't really aware of news or anything going on, et cetera, et cetera. So she's ex- she's just expressing her thoughts on social media and the uh, the worries she has for it. So, <clears throat> what are our worries, basically? What's good or bad about what's good about social media versus bad about social media, and like what has social media Replaced in our lives. How do we how can we use it responsibly? Um, All these different things um, just sort of breaking down what Selena Gomez is saying and how society uses this medium I Don't like social media as a general (laughs) It's too exhausting for me. I like things like messenger as a communication tool, right? As a it's, tool, it's at ease, but yeah, it's like a it's like a drug. People
0: use it like a drug. I, I think the difficulty w- with social media is that it essentially provides a falsehood. It's, I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, it's like, um, well, see that already is virtual uh, <laughs> social pornography. Yeah, I read. I was either I read or I was listening
1: to a podcast where somebody reputable. I promise. <laughs> It was somebody reputable talking about like when you're scrolling through you know with your thumbs boom 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 and you just see this scrolling there's like uh, there's like chemical reactions going off in right. your brain like in, in endorphins or whatever bro science i don't know but there's something physically happening to your brain chemistry when you're doing that and it's likened to like drugs like what happens to your brain when you're getting high on on drugs and stuff and it's really interesting
0: yeah that's it's, it's like so to me it's kind of like pornography because pornography has that same um Dopamine effect dopamine, on yeah. the, on the brain, mm-hmm. and um, and every time you get a like, every time you mm-hmm. get a hit, every time you get a shout out, a callback, or whatever you know, newfangled term they have for mm-hmm. these things, uh, retweet, yeah. Every time that sort of happens, you get a release of dopamine. Um, it's like getting a virtual high five, and that's okay. You know, it's it's not bad like giving each other virtual hugs or whatever. The problem is, is that it's a misrepresentation. It it is you presenting yourself in a way, or I'm sorry, it it is filled with people who present themselves oftentimes in a way that they have complete control over and therefore their sin nature takes over and they are not honest about who they are. And that's that's the difficulty, is oftentimes social media is not a true representation. That's why I say it's p- like pornography, mm-hmm. where pornography doesn't actually represent what a real, honestly boring, oftentimes, <laughs> sexual, um, sexual experience looks like in comparison to a pornographic experience where you got mm-hmm. your swanky music and your <laughs> pizza boxes or whatever you have. Um, you know, and so... And, and, you know, in pornography, everything is the way that you want it to be, and Mm -hmm. it's on demand. That's exactly what social media is. Everything, you know, is the way that you want it to be. You present yourself a certain way, put on your makeup, or for the analogy, you know, give yourself a boob job or whatever. (laughs) Um, And you put yourself in a position where you look a certain way, and everybody else is doing it too. And so you don't really know until you know that person and somebody's life may look one way on social media, but then in reality, it's not. And you constantly see that where you have this fakeness where, you know, a person's really struggling with something, but Mm -hmm. they're, but they're not, they're not being vulnerable with it. They're putting on a good face or whatever. Um, Yeah. So it's, to me, it's really, really dangerous. And But yeah, social media is a tool. And it should be used like a tool and not be something that we are enslaved to, especially as believers. yeah, We're not supposed to be enslaved to that. I think it makes sense that so many people are because it's a world of their own making. Um, There's a
1: really disturbing episode of Black Mirror that takes social media and takes it to its extreme. And yeah. It, it the end of the, fyi black mirror pretty much never ends good positively it's a really dark show but it's interesting because it takes all these relevant things that are happening now and it takes them to their extreme and where they could go if we're not careful with them right anyway so it's it's got um this particular episode has uh bryce dallas howard
0: yeah yeah it's one of the early episodes right yeah i
1: think it's season one i think it's season one and yeah like this obsession with social media and like seeking approval and all these things. Like it basically leads to like the destruction, the complete destruction for life. And it's really jacked up.
0: Yeah. Um, but
1: yeah, crazy.
0: Well, and there's a, I, I think James, pastor James, I don't know if he's listening, but, uh, I think pastor James, um, pointed out some article about in China or something. There's, there's something, gosh, what? Okay. That's, that's, uh, Really lame lead-in. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Never mind. There's something going on like that already. Scratch that. Um, all right. So we're we're nearing
1: the end. Uh, we didn't do our game, but uh, I'll give you I'll give you what I had. So, um, and this will this will be for you, Josh, as a music enthusiast. Oh boy. Okay. Um, so in honor of Taylor Swift's...
0: Wait. Um, do you want me to play the music? Oh, let me lead in. Let me lead All in. All right, you're leading in. Okay, got it. Got it.
1: Got it. <laughs> no problem with lead ins this episode. <laughs> um, in honor of Taylor Swift's catchy but terrible new song, me, me is that what's called? I yeah. think it's, me. Yeah. Exclamation yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: um, I gotta say, I'm kind of a fan of it. It's catchy. It's well, it's, I think a, it's. Here's why I'm a fan of it. It's a return. That's what it is. It's like Reputation is such a dark album. Oh, yeah. And it's so, like, sure, over I, the top sure, and I extreme. Ap- I can appreciate it where it comes from. I'm like, that. okay, pop. I'm, I'm bothered by it, not to
1: you know, tangent. I'm bothered by it because. When grown adults sing songs that are so kitty sounding, it really freaks me out. Like, when I found out Carly Rae Jepsen was like a 30-year-old woman <laughs> singing "Carly, Call Me Maybe, like, I thought she was a kid. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, it works. You know, she's this young kid. She's like a... She's a middle-aged woman. Like, this is Middle really... aged 30? Okay, that's extreme. But anyways, my point. Like, it's it freaks me out. And then I like I saw the performance
0: with her and the what's the guy's name? Panic of the Disco guy. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah, something. I It's gotta like tell ya, so
1: kiddy, and I was just really off put by it. It's really off. That
0: awkward. may be the only time that I've really ever liked that Panic guy's the voice. Disco. I'm just saying.
1: Anyways, tangent. In honor of this song. Okay, in this honor of summer me, song, because Guaranteed it'll be playing all summer long like crazy. The trivia today was going to be for anyone that called in Summer song themed. Okay, summer like big summer songs So I was gonna read you or I was gonna read the contestants some lyrics and we're gonna go so without further ado (sighs) It's time to play the game
0: Time to play the game
1: Yes. So this will be for you, Josh. So okay. I'm just going to read a lyric in a normal voice as if I was talking to you and you were supposed to guess the summer song. I just I pulled know. one okay. song from the 70s, 80s. I pulled a couple from the 90s, biased 90s kid. Uh, and I got a couple from the new millennium.
0: Oh, geez. Okay? i are not going to get the new millennium. <laughs> I can tell you. You don't all. think so? I don't know. You know you're you're, you're right. probably right. All right, here we go. You're probably right. Okay, so... <clears throat> Feel free. So, our comment section is open, guys. So, feel yeah, free, to, feel free throw, to participate. Yeah, feel free. I'll give you. Oh, give James you the, posted that article in case anybody wants to know. There you go.
1: I'll give you the year. This, the, the year was 1971. Okay. Almost Heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains. Are you serious? Shenandoah River. This is a summer song? Yeah. Okay. According so to the that's John charts.
0: Denver. That's the artist. Country Road. Right? Take Me Home, Country Roads? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Take Me Home, Country Roads Yeah, okay (laughs) Yeah, according to the billboard charts That's a summer song of 1971 Uh, 1981, 10 years later This is your birth year, if I'm not mistaken Oh, you are mistaken 1980 1980. My mistake I play along with the charade There doesn't seem to be a reason to change You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute I want to tell her that I love her But the point is probably moot
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: is it weird when I say it in these
0: ways? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you sang it for me, I might know. The next one,
1: what I'll say is the next one will be hard for me to just speak and Okay. Not okay, sing. okay.
0: I'll do one more time.
1: I play along with the charade. There doesn't seem to be a reason to change. You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. I don't
0: know. I don't know. <clears throat> does, anybody on, does anybody online know? I don't know. Jesse's girl. Oh, I hate that song. Yeah, <laughs> I hear Rick, it now. By, by Rick, Rick Springfield. Springfield. Yeah, I hate that song. I can't stand it. Every time it comes on, I change it because I don't believe in. I ain't down with OPP.
1: Mm, mm, mm.
0: The year? Oh, I got two for the eighties. All right, oh, there you go.
1: <clears throat> the year is nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> okay. I was seven
0: years old. I have to try and keep a straight face during this. Although, one. if it was summer, then I was six years old. You ready?
1: Yeah. Se necesita uno poco de gracia, uno poco de gracia, para mí, para ti, ayariba, ayariba.
0: Really? That was eighty-seven. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, La Bamba, right? La Bamba. (laughs) By Richie Valens. Los Lobos. Oh, so it's it's a remake. Okay, okay. That's really weird. Good job. This next one.
1: And forgive me in advance, okay. <laughs> listener. So your girlfriend rolls a Honda playing workout tapes by Fonda.
0: <laughs> but Fonda ain't got a motor in the back of her Honda in line. Yeah. Inverse. What, what year is that from? 1990s? 92. Okay. So that is off the album. Oh, you're going to give me the album. Swass? Is that off the album Swass? I, I don't know the album. I think that's what it's called. You can just but give anyway, me the song and the artist. And that is the the artist is Sir Mix-a-Lot. Baby Got Back. Good job. Is it on swass?
1: Uh, I don't know. I didn't look that up. I got something else in front of me. All right. <clears throat> Next one. So okay. we're into the we're in the 90s still.
0: I need to look that up. Hold on. I need to know. Okay, look it up. Okay.
1: Can I read the lyrics lyric yeah. to you? Are you be able to listen.
0: It is. It's on Swaz.
1: I ain't gonna cry, no, and I won't beg you to stay. If you're mat- if you're determined to leave, boy, I will not stand in your way. You'll but inevitably you'll be back again, cause you know in your heart, babe, our love will never end. No. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> I totally know this, but I can't place the, the melody of it. Nineteen ninety six is the year.
1: Mm. Do you need it again? Yeah. Here we go. You'll all... Oh, no. I ain't gonna cry no, and I won't beg you to stay. If you're determined to leave, boy, I will not stand in your way. But inevitably, you'll be back again, because you know in your heart, babe, our love will never end. No.
0: (laughs) I totally know this! Mm -hmm. Do-do-do! Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Mariah Carey. Yeah, yeah. Always be my baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, always be my baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, all right, you ready for that? Next one? I could belt that out right now. You have so many relationships in this life, only one or two will last. Is this 90s? You go through all the pain and strife, yes. Then you turn your back, and they're gone so fast. Oh, yeah, and they're gone so fast. Yeah. Oh, so hold on, the ones who really care. In the end, they'll be the only ones there. And when you get old and start losing your hair, can you tell me who will still care? Can you tell me who will still care? Oh, care. That's
0: pretty deep. And in, based on this, song, <laughs> I guess it. I don't. I can't tell off that. <laughs> Three brothers. Beautiful Hanson? blonde boys. Is it Mbop? <laughs> Beautiful blonde Oh, boys. yeah. Well, there you go. How I didn't even know that there was d- depth in those lyrics. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. It's like, <laughs> you have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> All right. For the purposes
1: of time, I'll make this the last one. Right. And this is another 90s one. Okay. Um, we never broke into 2000s. Okay. okay. Taylor Swift was the 2000s. Yeah. Um, one second, please. This one's too easy for you. See, this one wasn't meant for you. <laughs> like, this one is made for you. It's not fair. All right. Um.
0: Wickety Wild. Wickety Wild Wild. <laughs> yeah. Wickety Wild. Wickety Wickety Wild Wild. <laughs> yeah. Wickety Wickety. Uh, yeah. That. It's Will Smith, obviously. Wild, yeah. wild Wild West.
1: Does it have DJ DG- Jazzy Jeff in No, West? it doesn't. It's oh, it's Cisco. featuring Drew Hill. Cisco. Yeah. Drew Hill, the group. That's a group, right? Yeah. Drew Hill. Yeah. And Cisco. Yeah. That was the. Drew Hill. Big, big Will. Drew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now that we're done embarrassing ourselves. All right. um If you're interested in today's topics or staying relevant, you can check out the comments, the links that we've been posted on the Facebook video. Thanks for the people that have been joining us and participating. We've rebranded our our network, so if you're looking for any of our content, you can check out the Facebook page, Vigilance Radio Network. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe to that. You can find all of our content on there, whether it be this podcast, Truth Time with Pastor Monty, the Abandoned Initiative podcast uh, called Upper Story, uh, cross-examination panel discussions. You can find all of our content on Vigilance Radio Network Facebook page, so make sure you like, follow, subscribe to that. Facebook group. Facebook group. Yes. Uh, and if you're interested in exploring your faith, as always, or are completely new to Christ or the Bible, you can check out the Help tab on abfpdx.org. Um, speaking of cross-examination, this month's panel discussion uh, will be on
0: denominations and... What's the other one? It's a two-parter. Uh, it's really just denominations. Okay, I think they. I think I heard denominations and worship. Yes. It's, right. it's really just denominations. So May
1: 26th at 7 p.m. here at Aletheia Bible Fellowship panel discussion with local pastors talking in plain language about um, denominations
0: yeah we got three denominations present and a four panel yeah. four panel uh, group should be interesting so uh, you can join us live in-house if you will by coming to the church
1: uh, uh, here at Lathea Bible fellowship or you can tune in on Facebook via
0: vigilance radio network so um, yeah and let me just say like for those of you who don't understand what denominations mean it's just why are all these? Why is there a bunch of churches who have different, like some are Lutherans and some are, you know, um, I'm trying to think of ones that I actually accept as denominations. <laughs> why are there Baptists? Why are there Lutherans? Why are there Presbyterians and Episcopalians and so on and so forth? And what makes, you one know, right. one right and one wrong or, or so on and so forth? And why, why, why? Mm-hmm. So we have. Three denominations present. Three denominations, but four pastors. So, yeah, should be fun. Should be interesting. So, if you have
1: questions, you can submit them with the hashtag CrossX on the Facebook um, or Twitter page, and that will get to us, and we will we seek to answer them, or the pastors will seek to answer them. So, May 26th at 7 p.m. Uh, look forward to that. And, again, thanks for the people that uh, were tuning in. Thanks for the people that will download in the future, and look forward to next time. See ya.
0: The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Leithea Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.